I am your host, Owen Reese, and tonight we have a couple different topics for you. We have both uh, some football commitments uh, as well as some more season previews as we get closer and closer to the beginning of the 2019-2020 college football season. So, uh, to start with, we will get underway here. Two football commits this past uh, week and a half. One uh, is from Max Lofi, a cornerback uh, from Colorado Springs, Colorado. He's a, I guess, obviously a defensive back, listed at 5'11", 170, uh, likely to be the only cornerback uh, taken in this class on scholarship, uh, just simply with no seniors at the position heading into 2019. Um, they won't lose any graduating seniors until after 2020, and just with the depth they've, they've cultivated there, uh, just wasn't a huge need for more than one corner in this class. Lofi is a guy who um, Colorado as a whole kind of isn't recruited super heavy. Uh, high school football there isn't uh, very highly regarded. Uh, so if you've got a, a target from the state of Colorado and you're coming from out of state to go get him, uh, I think you have to feel pretty strongly about him because, like I said, he's not, um, you know, Colorado isn't a super, uh, isn't a hotbed of high school recruiting. Obviously, the Badgers got Deron Harrell a couple of years ago, uh, and we're starting to see him push his way into the cornerback depth chart. Um, but Salofi's a guy, like I said, Jim Leonard uh, recruited him. Uh, he was kind of the hand-picked guy in this class. As the class went along, there were some guys, uh, as the, the recruiting cycle has unfolded here, that kind of fell by the wayside. Uh, some higher-rated uh, higher guys and some more maybe sought-after guys. Uh, but Lofi's a guy I think UW's been pretty squared in on for quite a while. He has, uh, both of his parents are Wisconsin natives, so I think that's certainly helped. That familiarity uh, seems to be a, a fairly consistent pattern with a lot of UW recruits that, um, you know, especially the guys that are from out of state or from other parts of the country, that they've got some type of connection or some type of, um, you know, experience in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, Lofi's a guy that I know, um, you know, a source at, at uh, a Pac-12 school has told me that, uh, that they would absolutely take him, uh, but they were just full, uh, didn't have any room. So uh, Lofi's a guy, I think, that will probably end up outperforming his recruiting ranking. Again, like I said, Colorado, not a super highly thought of recruiting area. And uh, Lofi's a guy that kind of didn't bounce around quite a bit in high school. They play him some at running back, some at receiver, some at safety, some at corner. Uh, so a guy that, that's really kind of coming into his own as a football player and, and a guy that I think is going to come into that cornerback room in, uh, in the 2020 season and and you know really have some tools. I don't know where he'll be at in the depth chart. There's quite a bit in front of him, but certainly has the opportunity uh, and and I think was a good get, good under the radar, um, solid piece for this class. It's not the the four or five star commitment that that you're maybe looking for, but uh, Lofi will certainly have his place in his class. Then uh, the next uh, commitment. It was actually from earlier this week. Um, the fourth preferred walk-on commitment in this class uh, was announced. Ross Gengler, a linebacker from Delvin Darien, 
committed to UW. Uh, like I said, the fourth preferred walk-on to commit in this class, along with Sean Timmis, uh, Jack Van Dyke, the kicker, and Duncan McKinley, the long snapper. Again, Timmis, an offensive lineman. So Gangler comes in. All four guys are in-state guys that had uh, all had other Division One interest. I know Gangler had a lot of offers from the FCS and Division II levels, uh, decided to stay at home and walk on to the University of Wisconsin. So it's another linebacker. Three, potentially four linebackers already in this class, along with um, more uh, on the horizon, I think, if, if UW has it their way. Obviously, Malik Reed and Jordan Turner are both committed uh, as inside linebackers. Then you've got Nick Herbig, the outside linebacker, uh, currently... Uh, excuse me, currently uh, Cole Dakovich listed as an outside linebacker, but will uh, likely be put to tight end, I think, as the, the class seems to fill itself out here. Uh, and then he and Cam Large, if, again, if UW has this class turn out the way they want, I think Dakovich and Cam Large would be the tight ends, and they're able to scoop up Caden Johnson. Again, this is what I think they want. Uh, and then Caden Johnson and Nick Herbig would be the two outside linebackers. So uh, moving forward, those are the, the football commits. Um, not much new on the basketball front either. Uh, so we're kind of just going to cruise right along in here into the wide receivers. So the wide receiver position, uh, I think for a, probably a fairly unique situation, uh, it has a ton of talent. Um, you know, they're not, I'm not going to say it's like Clemson or Alabama or some school where you've got 10 future pros at the position or anything like that, but, but certainly more position more talent and more athleticism, I think maybe more than anything than UW fans, uh, will likely be used to, you know, gone are the days where Jordan Frederick and, uh, Jeff Duckworth, who, and this is certainly no knock against any of those guys, uh, who are simply glorified blockers and they were essentially, Starters are, are very, very prominent, um, you know, in the participation, and those days are gone. Um, you know, Ted Gilmore has come in here. He does a great job with recruiting. I think he does a great job with developing wide receivers. Uh, they've accumulated quite a bit of talent at the position. I know they're looking for even more um, in this class. They've offered quite a few guys recently uh, to accompany Chimere DK uh, as cornerbacks in this class. So. Just taking a look at the guys here on the roster, um, you've got A.J. Taylor, Kendrick Pryor, Danny Davis, Jack Dunn, Aaron Cruikshank, Taj Mustafa, Adam Crumholes, Cade Green, Emmett Perry, A.J. Abbott, Stephen Bracey, um, and then some walk-on guys uh, in Cooper Nelson and Cameron Phillips, along with Mike Gregor and Jordan DiBenedetto um, from the spring roster at the wide receiver position, and there's quite a bit, um, you know, quite a quite an, an array of roles here uh, to be had between these guys, but but just as a whole, obviously, um, you've got a significant number of guys here on scholarship. This is also, uh, and obviously, uh, this is being recorded on a, a Sunday night, um, tomorrow, set to uh, publish this on Monday, July 29th will be the first of the five days scheduled for Quintez Cephas's jury trial uh, regarding a, a potential sexual assault case. Um, so I'm not going to comment much on that. However, just the the standing of this room is very talented and deep, and that's without again a, a, prob a probable future NFL guy in Cephas uh, had his career uh, gone according to plan. So 
Ted Gilmore does a great job evaluating these players out of high school, getting the guys he wants, and then developing them once they get to UW. So, again, let's take a look at some of the roles uh, and some of the spots that these guys will play. So, I think, and we'll talk about this in a second, the tight end group is the opposite of the wide receiver group. It's very thin. There's not a lot of guys there, um, and there's not a ton of high-level talent there. So, because of that, I think Wisconsin's going to run more 11 personnel than you're probably used to seeing. You saw it quite a bit as the year went on, in particular against Purdue. really stuck out. They played a ton of, of 11 personnel in that game and obviously eventually won it in three overtimes, and Jonathan Taylor ran for 321 yards. Um, but I think when they're in 11 personnel and when they are in the, the situation that they want to be, your three receivers in that situation will be A.J. Taylor, Kendrick Pryor, and Danny Davis. I think those are pretty widely regarded as the three highest level players of the position. Um, all three could potentially have pro futures, uh, You know, obviously with, with Pryor and Davis still having two years left, but A.J. Taylor to me is a guy, I think he has really has an opportunity to step up here. He's the senior leader of this group. He's a guy that played running back in high school uh, and is very good after the catch, continuing to develop as a route runner as well. Um, you know, really the only weakness that that AJ Taylor has shown in his game uh, is just the occasional focus drop. And I think if he's really able to hone in on that, I think he's a guy that has a chance. I know Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, posted a picture. Uh, earlier this year for for Big Ten guys that they had on their list, and A.J. Taylor was on that list for senior receivers. So uh, certainly on the NFL radar, certainly in um, you know known by scouts here, and I think he's a guy that has a chance to really explode uh, given the opportunity if the tight if the quarterback position and the quarterback play is elevated uh, from what it was in 2018. Um, you've got your guys, and kind of depending on how closely you watch the Badgers, uh, they do a lot with tendencies and you're able to kind of crack the code on a lot of things. Uh, if you see Jack Dunn or Adam Crumholes in the game, they're probably going to run the ball. Uh, those are two guys that we've seen. Obviously, Dunn does some other things. He plays some in the slot uh, and plays um, you know, in the return game as a punt returner as well. But uh, those are guys that typically, if you see them on the field split out wide, uh, more often than not, it's probably going to be a run. Uh, so certainly, obviously, like they know that. Um, so and the other teams know that too. So there's certainly a lot of tendency breakers, and um, you know, obviously, it's not exclusively in that that role, but for the most part, if you see those two guys out, uh, especially in particular in the base package and the 21 personnel, um, you know, running back, fullback, and a tight end, uh, the typical offense that UW wants to run, uh, look for the run. Uh, with with Dunn and Crumholes there, they've obviously shown their ability um, and are trusted by the coaching staff as blockers. Both of those players, former walk-ons, uh, who are redshirt juniors, uh, so look for them to see the field. Now, in the speed category, or in the uh, you know their slot guys are kind of gadget players, uh, moved around quite a bit. Sometimes they line up out wide. They're kick returners, um, you know, jet sweep guys. Really, the the one coming back is Aaron Crookshank. He's an electric guy uh, with the ball in his hands. He's very fast, and uh, UW tried to get it into his hands a few times a game last year. I would expect that number to uh, be higher this year. I think just as he continues to get bigger and thicker, um, I think he played last year somewhere in the 155, 160-pound range. The more weight he continues to put on, the more trust I believe the coaching staff will have in giving him the ball more uh, and not risking him getting injured more often. Uh, so I think he's a guy that will see increased touches this year. Uh, and then a guy that they recruited in this past recruiting class who's really in that same mold 
is Stephen Bracey. He comes from the same high school that Logan Brown did uh, in Michigan, and Bracey's a guy who uh, ran, I believe, a 10-3 100-yard dash, or 100-meter dash, excuse me, in high school, very fast. Uh, Wisconsin continues to load up on guys that can really, really run at the wide receiver position. You see that with Isaac Garendo, who was actually moved to running back, but a former 100-meter champion in high school. Crookshanks, a guy, another track guy, uh, and Bracey as well. So these guys, uh, you know, have legitimate, legitimate 4-4 or faster speed. Uh, and I think that with that emphasis being added to the receiver room, uh, Wisconsin really trying to keep up with the Joneses. You know, that it's not um, any secret when you play Ohio State, when you play Penn State, when you play Michigan, uh, or even Michigan State to an extent, those potential potential opponents in the Big Ten championship game, those guys are typically more athletic. Uh, those teams are than than Wisconsin is. So. Uh, you know, Wisconsin may be catching up, maybe starting to adjust to that a bit uh, more than they have in the past, but but certainly some legitimate speed being added to the uh, the receiver room in Wisconsin. Um, you know, obviously, and here's a couple more things here. Uh, a potential breakthrough guy or maybe a guy that will get uh, quite a bit more reps than they did a year ago, I think that will be Taj Mustafa, uh, another kid from Michigan. He Caught a touchdown pass last year from Danny Vandenboom. The only pass that Vandenboom threw, uh, I believe, it was a two-yard, two or three-yard slant, um, you know, on the goal line uh, against Western Kentucky, and uh, scored that touchdown. And was a really a guy that that got on the field quickly, um, made his impression known, and was a guy that the coaching staff clearly trusted early on. Now. Due to the redshirt rule, he didn't play as much as the year went on. I believe he only played in the four games, so he'll still be a redshirt freshman. Uh, but that's a guy I certainly look out for. Made, got on the field early, and I think probably for good reason uh, with that UW coaching staff. I think he's a guy that, despite all the depth uh, and talent in front of him, and really only A.J. Taylor leaving, uh, planned to leave at least at the end of this upcoming season, Mustafa's a guy that can get on the field more. Now the last one I have here for like a, a role or, or a spot type thing um, is do or die. And there's been some speculation. Uh, there's guys, two guys, both Texas natives. Uh, one is Cade Green and the other is Emmett Perry. They'll both be redshirt sophomores this season. And they're two Texas guys. Green is from uh, Lake Travis High School uh, where Baker Mayfield went to high school. And then Emmett Perry is from DeSoto, which is where Chris Orr and Really, a lot of Division One players went to high school, and those are guys to me that um, you know. I don't. I never want to speculate on a potential attrition or transfers. We simply don't know. Uh, but these are two guys that have been dinged up quite a bit in their um, you know fairly brief two-year UW career. Uh, neither of them have seen the field often um, or much really at all, and they're two guys that. You have to be curious about if they get through the end of their third year on campus and they're still not really in the equation and there's only one receiver planned to leave, you know, that may, may bear the question, is there a potential there for some roster attrition, um, you know, maybe a transfer back closer to home or to a lower level, a different school, something of that nature uh, to really um, to look at and to watch for uh, with guys that are so far from home and really were, they weren't uh, under the radar guys, but they certainly weren't. Um, you know, five-star five-star recruits or, you know, they had other opportunities, I guess is probably my point, um, even if I wasn't able to articulate it as eloquently as I would have liked. So, um, you know, those are two guys that that really, um, you know, I think have a lot to prove and, and I guess 
this is probably a big year moving forward again, considering they'll be redshirt sophomores as redshirt juniors. Theoretically, the position group won't look much different. Um, and then obviously with the additions of Chimere DK and, and whoever else they're able to bring in. So um, those are two guys worth looking at. Another one, maybe just kind of off the cuff here, uh, is Cameron Phillips. He's coming in as a preferred walk-on. He's a former three-star recruit in Ohio. He went down to IMG Academy for his senior season. Uh, looking to bolster his recruiting status. Unfortunately for him, tore his ACL in the spring and didn't play at all his senior year of high school football. And uh, that's how UW was able to get him as a preferred walk-on, despite being, you know, a top 700 recruit at one point, uh, I believe per by 24/7. So Phillips is a guy. He did enroll early as well in spring ball. So he's, you know, this isn't his first time in Madison. He was here for spring ball. He participated in spring ball, uh, and so it'd be curious to see. Uh, if he's able to have a jump on that at all, or if to get in the uh, into the equation at all for him, so uh, just that's that's a look at the wide receiver position. Uh, I think it's a very interesting position for UW. They have a lot of talent and a lot of experience. They're kind of similar to the secondary, where uh, it's a lot of guys that have played for multiple years, and they're still, I guess, technically young, uh, especially with with Taylor and um, being the only senior, and with Cephas not being in the program uh, for coming up in his second year now. That that group that came in, you know, really is still the, it's really only A.J. Taylor for the old guy, quote-unquote, uh, though he's the same age as Kendrick Pryor. So uh, we're going to take a short break here. Um, that's a look at the wide receiver position. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the tight end position and what that could look like heading into the season as well. Um, so just stick with us. We're going to pay some bills here, and we'll be right back um, talking tight ends. Uh, really one of the more intriguing positions to me uh, heading into fall camp here is is how we are going to, um, you know, how we're going to see this work uh, with with a Badger position that really, if you think of the, you know, the the Wisconsin football program, you think tight ends is a position of strength, right? It's a position that routinely produces NFL talent uh, and and has solid pros. Obviously, even in the past few seasons, excuse me, you've seen guys like Troy Fumagalli, uh, Austin Trailer, Jacob Pedersen, even. Uh, guys that have have gone to the NFL, and uh, the Badgers have at least one now on the roster, and that's Jake Ferguson. He'll be a redshirt sophomore, obviously the grandson of Barry Alvarez and all that uh, ballyhoo. But he's a guy that uh, is really turning into the modern day NFL tight end. He's six five, two hundred forty pounds. He's a guy. He's good after the catch. He's he's able to separate on underneath routes. Uh, and really is more effective out of the the displaced slot or that, that Y spot that's not in line but a tight end position that allows the Badgers to play 11 personnel. We spoke about that earlier. Uh, I think Wisconsin's going to probably play 11 personnel more than we've probably ever seen them do so before. Uh, it's, it's really going to be interesting to see um, because of, of what we're about to bring up here, just the lack of depth uh, and lack of experience that Wisconsin really has at the tight end position. Um, so if you look at the position, they've got Jake Ferguson. I think he's probably a future pro. Uh, he's a guy that is, again, like a, really that prototype for what the modern NFL tight end is becoming. Uh, passable as a blocker, but, but more value um, certainly being put on the receiving aspect of the tight end position in the NFL. Now, that does not necessarily bear credence to the Wisconsin Badger football program. And Ferguson is a guy that 
really before Xander Neville got hurt was almost like a, a a passing exclusive tight end, a guy that was considered to be the second tight end or even maybe the third with Kyle Penniston there on the roster and wasn't able to play as much because of his ineptitude as a blocker, which did improve throughout the season. Uh, however, um, like I guess certainly um, something with, with the, the Wisconsin football program, they really value the ability to block uh, with their tight ends, and, and it's really crucial for them uh, to do so and have that, um, you know, formational versatility and and really not be able to be predictable. So, again, Jake Ferguson, guy, a lot. Of, I think a lot of 11 personnels in the future, and, and the rest of this is, this is why. So, the next guy at the position is Luke Benshaw. He will be a fourth-year junior. He's like 6'5", 270 pounds. He's a massive guy. Obviously, he's a Benshaw. His brother, Bo, now at the Detroit Lions. His younger brother, JP, in the class of 2021, committed as an offensive lineman to UW. So clearly, the Benshaw family has a certain size uh, that they end up being. Um, but with uh, with Luke at tight end, he's a guy, I think he's probably he's an inline exclusive guy. Uh, not very fast. Uh, a, an okay athlete, passable, but but certainly not a dynamic option in the the, the receiving game. Um, you know, like I said, he's really is an inline blocker, and he's a blocking almost only tight end. And that's a guy that, if he's able to stay healthy, I think he really will play quite a bit. And if he's able to be decent enough, um, you know, as a secondary receiver, maybe the Badgers don't play quite as much eleven personnel, and they're able to play more twelve and twenty-two like they want to. Uh, however. Until we see that, I think it's going to be tough to forecast that. And for that reason, I think that that's why we're going to see a bit more 11 personnel. Now, behind those two, those are the only two really that have any experience uh, at the position. Behind those two, those two is a lot of youth and a lot of uh, inexperience. So the next two guys are Gabe Lloyd um, and Coy Wanner, uh, two guys that are former walk-ons and um, you know, guys that, you know, I know the Badgers flipped Lloyd. He was committed to North Dakota State. Uh, so he currently was a, an FCS level recruit, uh, walked on at UW and has played a lot of special teams. Uh, but that's about it. Uh, Wanner will be a red shirt sophomore, I believe. Yes. A third year sophomore and a guy that really, he played quarterback in high school because he was the best athlete on his team. Uh, but hasn't played much uh, a thick kid. He's like six, three, two forty-five. Um, but but not a ton of uh, experience, and you know his, his job will be probably as that H, the more athletic, that move tight end spot, uh, but mostly as a blocker. Uh, the other two tight ends currently on the roster that have been on the team prior, uh, Jack Eschenbach, a kid who is a walk-on receiver. Uh, I mean, he came to UW as a tight end, but he played receiver in high school. 6'5", 205 pounds. Uh, he's a project uh from what uh, Rivals.com's Jake Kokorowski has said, he hasn't looked awful in practice, but very clearly needs to continue to add weight uh, and strength. And that's something that really doesn't really lend to him playing much this year, especially the later in the year. The Big Ten schedule, it's you hear it, and it, but it's certainly not hyper. It's not cliche. Um, you know, the Big Ten conference plays physical, physical football, and the. Wisconsin is good about not forcing players into action before they're ready physically, and that's something where even if they have to handicap themselves formationally or personnel, um, personnel-wise, they're willing to do it in order to to not put players in bad positions, um, and that's something I think that with Eschenbach there, 
maybe starting to get it from a, a playbook standpoint or a, a football IQ standpoint, but really not ready physically, it's going to be tough for him to see the field. The other guy who was at the position during spring ball was Nate Carter. Nate Carter is a former walk-on quarterback from Wanakee. He's like 6'5", 220 pounds or so. Another project at the position. Uh, and, and was very clearly not going to ever see the field as a quarterback. Um, you know, But a guy that's now been moved to tight end can probably shoot to be a special teams contributor at some point. Uh, but certainly not anything that the Badgers are ready or willing to have to depend on this season at the tight end position. So... That brings us to the two guys that could, I think, potentially join Ferguson and Benshaw. Like I said, maybe Gabe Lloyd's able to get in there as a third tight end or as a blocker. But um, you know, the two guys that really have, I think have a chance here to make an immediate impact uh, are Hayden Rucci and Clay Cundiff, the two freshman tight ends. Uh, Hayden Rucci, the son of Todd Rucci, former New England Patriots offensive lineman, uh, is is going to be more the H or excuse me, the Y tight end, uh, the. Uh, the inline tight end, the more traditional, I say blocking as an inline guy, but but traditionally more um, dual threat probably. Uh, Troy Fumagalli, I think, is probably the perfect example of that, a good blocker um, and certainly a, a reliable receiver over the middle uh, for the quarterback. So I think Rucci has the potential to be that. Uh, Clay Cundiff is a kid that the Badgers were able to get out of Kansas, and he's a guy that... Uh, I think is probably fit for that H role, a bit more of a, a move tight end. Not a great athlete um, by any stretch. He's not on that Jake Ferguson level, but but a guy that can move around. He's a good receiver, uh, able to uh, good body control in the air to to kind of adjust his body and contort that for for some catches. So I think that's where um, he could get his playing time. It would not surprise me at all to see both of those freshman tight ends play. At the very least, play in all four. Um, games allotted prior to the red shirt. Um, but again, for both of them, would not surprise me at all if uh, both of them were to play more than that uh, and play throughout the year to give the Badgers uh, the depth or talent that they're looking for at that position. So as we wrap up the tight ends here, uh, we will also wrap up this podcast. I, again, I apologize. This is not as timely as I would have liked it to be. We've had some um, unforeseen circumstances going on. <laughs> In my life, which I apologize for, uh, so we're getting this out. Hopefully, this will be out Monday morning, and I plan to get another podcast up this week, um, focusing on, if not just the offensive line, potentially the offense and defensive lines, as we get closer and closer again um, to our college, our beloved college football season. So. Thank you again for listening. Uh, thank you to the SB Nation Team Brand Network uh, for giving us this platform. We very much enjoy being a part of the network, uh, and we very much enjoy uh, you guys for listening because without you guys, uh, none of this would be possible, and uh, we very much appreciate that. So, as always, feel free to, um, you know, obviously it helps us tell a friend, um, tell a coworker. The more we get this spread word of mouth, uh, the better. Um, you can find us or they can find us at any podcast platform of their choice, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, and like I said, or any other platform that podcasts are available. Uh, make sure you leave us a review, five-star reviews, uh, as well as a comment. Uh, if they're funny, we'll probably read them on the show. Uh, but again, uh, if nothing else, just to, to let us know what we can do better, uh, what I can improve on, what you guys would like to hear on the podcast, uh, or any other potential topics um, moving forward in, in future shows. So uh, thank you guys again for listening. This has been Owen Reese with the Bucky's Fifth Podcast.